The Wicked Smart Sports Guys is brought to you by SunMaxBatteries.com. As always, the go-to website for all your battery needs. SunMax Batteries carries a full line of super heavy-duty ultra-alkaline lithium and button cell batteries. SunMax Batteries compares in quality to well-known national brands, and the best part, SunMax Batteries are priced much lower than their competitors. Guys, there is nothing worse than when you get home, you try to use your remote, you try to use whatever device you need that uses batteries, it's out of batteries, you go look for some, and you don't have some. Okay, so go to SunMaxBatteries.com right now, stock up on batteries so that doesn't happen to you. You can get them for flashlights, remote controls, gaming controls, headphones, digital cameras, hearing aids, smoke alarms, whatever device it is that you need a battery for, SunMax has the best batteries at the best price for your device. You can order a 24-pack of AA or AAA heavy-duty batteries for only $5.99 or a 24-pack of Ultra Alkaline, ideal for all kinds of gaming high-tech devices at just $12.99. Order today and use coupon code BOSTON, that's all uppercase BOSTON at checkout, and save 20% off your entire order. That's going to go to BOSTON at checkout and say big today, all uppercase, cmxbatteries.com, c-e-l-m-x-batteries.com, the official sponsor of the Wicked Smart Sports Guys. Alright, welcome back to another episode of the Wicked Smart Sports Guys podcast. Thanks as always to Dolly Dreams for the intro music. This week we're talking Red Sox, we're talking the Mookie Betts and David Price trade that is or will be some controversy going on with that trade, and we're going to talk about that right now with Guy Boston Sports Chief of Operations, Red Sox writer, do-it-all man himself, Sean Palmer. Sean, welcome back to the show. You know, thanks for having me on, and I, I understand if I didn't come on today, I would have been fired, so I had an obligation to be here, but I'm also going to enjoy it. Well, yeah, if you guys didn't know, I did go on Evan's podcast. I don't think I ever mentioned that on this show. I did go on Evan's podcast, Ev Unleashed, just a few weeks ago. So if you guys want to check that out, Sean was was talked about at the beginning of that program. So uh, that's that's what Sean's referring to there if you, if you missed it. But that was a great show. Still relevant stuff talking about the Celtics, so be, be sure to go back and listen to that. But we're talking Red Sox on this one with Sean Mookie Betts traded to the Dodgers, or so we thought the other night. We heard about it at the beginning of the offseason. The Red Sox were going to look to trade Mookie Betts, and they, then it was kind of dead, as free agency usually is in baseball. So it was this this kind of trade that was supposed to happen, and finally it starts picking up at the end of January, early February, and finally it gets done. Mookie Betts to the Dodgers with David Price. The Red Sox eat half the money, and the Red Sox get back Verdugo from the outfielder from the Dodgers and from the Twins in the third part of the deal. Greaterall, the pitcher, and as it turns out, this deal's in a little bit of jeopardy. Greaterall, his arm, the Red Sox did not like what they saw on his medicals. I don't know if they weren't aware of this before they made the trade, if the Twins didn't make them aware of this and they were upset, but for whatever reason, this deal is falling apart right now. So, Sean, the latest from Lavelle Neal of the uh, Minnesota Star Tribune, he is reporting, he was the one who originally reported the Twins were pulling out, that was the headline at least, but he later clarified this is not getting as much run as the original report, but he is saying the headline was a little strong, the Twins don't expect a deal to be made, that is clear, but there's no pullout of the deal just yet. So that is what he is saying, that's the latest from him, that the Twins don't think something's going to happen, but supposedly negotiations still ongoing, the deal's not dead yet, but it does seem like it's headed in that direction. I mean, who would have thought an overweight reliever, his physical, would come back negative? I mean, it's kind of a risky deal. And I didn't think once we got past January that the Red Sox would actually trade Mookie Betts before the season. But here we are. We don't have Mookie Betts, David Price, possibly, unless this deal doesn't go through. But it's going to be a bad season in Boston. And a lot of things have to happen in the next 24 hours because Tony Clark and Major League Baseball are starting to get really impatient with these three teams right now. Yeah, well, what we've heard now is that the Red Sox 
are seeking another top 10 prospect from the Twins in order to complete this deal, which is insane because you could argue a top 10 prospect would be a better prospect than Graterall himself. So the Red Sox are looking for an asset that exceeds the one that they're already getting that is damaged goods, according to them. So I think it's a ridiculous ask for the Red Sox to be looking for... I, I mean, there's no way that gets done. I don't know where we're going to land here. My inclination, like if I had a pick, and I told you this before the podcast, just that I, I when this deal was first reported as to be in jeopardy, I thought, well, the Red Sox don't want to mess this up. They don't want to like create these bad relations. They'll just cave. They'll take the offer. And you know they'll, they'll count the count their losses because. But as it started to get you know more controversy around it, uh, the Red Sox started to get a little louder about their displeasure with with the medicals. I thought, all right, maybe they'll throw in some low end nothing prospect. Like when you know you remember when the Celtics traded Isaiah Thomas to the Cavaliers, they ended up throwing in I think a second round pick, so which is nothing. So some nothing piece that's just you know to to make it look a little better, to make the Red Sox feel a little better about yeah this guy's not exactly what you thought he'd be. Here's here's something a little bit more. And now that we're at this point, a couple days into it, and the Red Sox are still, you know, adamant that they're they're not happy. They're looking for they're they're asking really the world of Minnesota. I think I think that I I don't think Mookie Betts and David Price won't be going to to LA. I think that that part of the deal is you know lock, stock, and barrel. That is has to be happening. You cannot pull out of that now. We might see the Twins get cut out of this trade, and the Red Sox just take one of the Dodgers players back one of their prospects, whatever they were offering before they involved the Twins, rather than taking grade roll and whatever else the Twins are offering them right now, because it seems like they are very upset, and maybe they don't even want anything to do with grade roll at this point. And if I'm the Twins, what is their motivation to really stay in this deal? Like, Kente Maeda, like, he's he's a good pitcher, but they have a good rotation. They can go get someone similar to him out there on the market or maybe at July there's no reason for them to have to give up another prospect, especially a top 10 prospect in this deal. If I'm them, I just walk away. This is just wasting their time. And then you're holding up other deals with Jock Peterson and the Angels. People's lives are in limbo. They're not in danger, but they're in limbo. These guys need to be told what's happening soon. So the Red Sox and Dodgers need to straighten this out. They're probably not going to give them Dustin May or Gavin Lux the Dodgers have five of the top 100 prospects in baseball. And right now, all we have is Alex Verdugo, who's 23 years old, I believe. He's a good player. But they have more play, They have more prospects to give. It shouldn't be on the Twins' shoulders here. They have a nice shortstop named Jeter Downs. I wouldn't mind having him in the system. But like you said, they're probably going to throw in some low-level prospect and just kind of say, all right, this is the deal. Let's move on. Give us Mookie Betts. Give us David Price. And just end it right there. Because this can't go on for much further, and we can't have David Price and Mookie Betts coming to Red Sox spring training, because it's going to be uncomfortable. And I know we Red Sox fans want this deal to fall through, because we want Mookie Betts, but we're going to end up losing him for nothing, absolutely nothing. We know David Price, the problem he the problem he has with the Boston media. You add this on top of that, and then send it back. It's going to be hell. Yeah, it's it's not getting reunited, and you know Jeter Downs is a little much. I don't think they're getting Jeter Downs in this deal, not only because. I just don't think the Dodgers are giving up that level of prospect. I think if they were, they would have taken him. But also, it's not really part of what the Red Sox need. I mean, they're, the left side of their infield is pretty set you know, in stone at this point uh, for the future. They have Xander locked up on a long-term deal. They have Tristan Cash is potentially coming up very soon. So, uh, you know, I'd put Jeter over at second base. I mean, Downs it would obviously be a great prospect. I'm sure they'd take him. But how much the, the, Dodgers, the Dodgers' reluctance to give him up mixed with they might not really 
want to go pursue an infielder that a prospect that hard at this point but i think that you know if anything maybe you know i don't know what the dodgers prospects are beyond downs but a pitching prospect somewhere around the high teens you know in the dodgers system something like that that's what i could see coming back i mean they clearly would want someone to replace Graterall because they thought he was going to come in and be a starter or a starting level prospect and clearly he's not he's i mean according to what we've heard here they believe with his medicals that he's nothing more than a reliever, which to me would have been fine. I mean, you need a closer anyway. If this guy can throw 100 and be a reliever for you, I mean, obviously you don't want that back from Mookie Betts, but it'd be a perfectly fine player to have in your organization. But they're not happy with that. They're looking for a starter out of this. So I would assume that's what they're going to go back to the Dodgers looking for. And, you know, I think that the larger problem with this deal probably is that the Dodgers don't have a starter prospect that they love. But they're just going to have to, you know, take a little less at this point because finding another third team, it, it took long enough to apparently to find the Twins and find that, you know, that, I mean, it took four months, you know, to, to find the, the Mookie Betts to the Dodgers was always the thing. And it took four months for them to finally work out the details and find the Twins and, and you know, work everything out and getting their pitching prospect. So I'm sure it'll take who knows how long to find another pitching prospect that you like and work out all the details with that third team. So I really, I'm scared that this is really going to fall apart and they're just going to have to take whatever they can get from the Dodgers at this point. But beyond that, we'll talk a little bit more about the Betts trade itself and what it means for the Red Sox. Verdugo, let's talk about him because it seems like we know he's coming back. We know he's had some off-field issues, but what do you make of the player on the field? Do you think this is a player that can make a legitimate impact for the Red Sox? I know a lot of people talk about his prowess before this season. You know, he was regarded as one of the best prospects in baseball came up, didn't have a great start to his career with L.A., but is this a guy that can be uh, at least an all-star in Boston at some point in your eyes? I mean, he's never going to get a fair shot at it because he's replacing Mookie Betts, so right there it's just a it's a tough start for him, but I think last year he hit 294, 12 home runs, maybe like 30 RBIs or so in limited action. He looks like a good player. He looks maybe a similar type player to Andrew Benintendi. He gets on base, has a cannon of an arm, He's got a lot of potential. There was some issues with him, apparently, in the clubhouse as well as as being out of shape. And he has some spine injuries or back injuries, which is concerning to me. I don't know how legit that is, but that's a tough place to uh, start for him. But it's nice to get a Major League-ready player in this deal. But like I said, replacing Mookie Betts is tough, but we can't expect for him to be better than Mookie Betts. It's going to be like, it's not going to be the same level, but whoever replaces Tom Brady, God bless you. Yeah, and, and I think maybe what you can hope out of Verdugo is what we got and, and another player from coming from the Dodgers to the Red Sox years ago, maybe someone like J.D. Drew, you know, that maybe that's a good comp for him. Someone that, you know, isn't going to hit for a great average, isn't going to hit for a ton of power, but can be a solid bat in your lineup. A little more personality. Yeah, and a reasonable MLB player, you know, a, a, a everyday ball player for sure, a solid player in, the, you know, the fifth, sixth spot in the lineup. I think that's what you're hoping for Alex Verdugo to turn into. And if you get that out of him, I don't think you can be totally upset. Look, Mookie Betts, if he was walking out the door this offseason and you could get Verdugo to replace him, then that's that's pretty solid. I mean, that you know, you're talking about a, a guy that is you're projecting as an above-average right fielder in the MLB, or at least, you know, right at average. So, I, that, you know, I know that, like you said, when you're replacing a great player and you only get average, it's kind of hard to accept that. But it is, you know, when we look at it, it's it's a still a pretty good get when you look at the rest of the league and some of their other situations. Budugo isn't exactly going to be the worst thing in the world, as much as people might make it out to be. So if he can be 
what Drady Drew was, a one-time all-star, rely on him to be that kind of end of the middle of the order bat. That's as good as you could have hoped for. And we can almost hope he could turn into a 30-home a run guy like Andrew Benintendi. And some optimistic people are hoping that Mookie Betts resigns after this year, even after we trade him to L.A., but he might see that the grass is greener. Well, not well, as we know, they, it's hard to say that in L.A. because they don't have any rain, but he could love L.A. He could want to resign there. But there was a story about John Lester when we when we insulted him with that offer. He went to Oakland and saw that it wasn't that bad there. But he still gave Boston a shot. He negotiated with them. But the night he signed with Chicago, John Henry had sent them a case of wine. And when he signed that contract to Chicago, he, he toasted with that wine from John Henry. It's like, see you later. He showed me that it wasn't that bad somewhere else. You gave him the opportunity to see that. And this will probably cost the fact that Mookie Betts will not resign with Boston this offseason. Yeah, I, I think the problem with the MLB in general, and I'm going to write about this in a few days, is just the free agency system is completely broken. I mean, Mookie Betts is going to hit free agency for the first time when he's 28. Chris Bryant, he just lost a grievance with the Cubs for how they handled his major league service time. when uh, just I, Back in 2015, it was years ago. When uh, you know they kind of held him back, so he could for a month held him in the minors so that he couldn't get that year of service time, and he hits free agency a year later. And now, I mean, Chris Bryant's going to be thirty when he hits free agency for the first time. That is ridiculous. Uh, you know, the MLB really there's two problems, and it's one problem that's player friendly, one problem that's team friendly. The contracts are way too long for these players. They get t- signed a 10, 12 year contracts. There needs to be a limit on that. And then on the team side, they are allowed to hold on to these players early in their career for way too long. You know, it's six years of MLB service time. So you can come up for, you know, a little bit more than half a year and not get that year of service time. So to me, I don't care how long it takes a player to develop in the minors. You should only have control over a player for five years. Minor league, major league, it doesn't matter. If he's in your system for five years, he hits free agency after that. It shouldn't matter whether he's in the minors or the majors. You're still, like, controlling that player. You shouldn't be have be able to have that type of control and have that type of, you know, ownership over when they're able to hit free agency, be able to dictate that the way teams are able to. So in my mind, it should be an easy fix. We'll let you hit free agency earlier if you don't, you know, if you set a limit on these contracts. Each side gives a little... I just know it won't happen because it's too logical for the MLB to actually do it. But that's what needs to happen. And I think that's a huge problem in these Mookie Betts, you know, why Mookie Betts was traded. The whole reason he was traded was because the Red Sox were unsure, or, you know, possibly one of the reasons. The Red Sox were unsure about giving him a 12-year contract. They didn't know if they wanted to do that. And, you know, that that's because a lot of teams who give out these 10, 12-year contracts get crippled by it. And you just saw the Nationals win a championship when they let Bryce Harper walk to the Phillies for that long-term contract. And, you know, you see Al, Al, uh, Albert Pujols at 40 years old getting paid $30 million, and he has not been worth that contract at all for the Angels. So these long-term contracts, they're bad for teams. And, and the, the point I made is if MLB teams decide that it isn't a smart decision to sign the best players in the sport, you have a fundamental problem with the system. And that's what we're seeing in the MLB right now. And I think changes need to be made. I just, I have no faith that any will be made whatsoever. Yeah, it's not fair. Mookie gives them five great years, but now they're like, oh, you know, you're 27, 28 years old. You're going to, you'd be 40 years old at the end of this contract. And now they don't want to pay you for what you did. They want, they don't want to pay you for what you might or might not do. It's completely unfair. He's been locked in this. Everyone, all these players been locked in this system for so long. And I believe if you play even a half a season, that should count as one full year as service time. And Chris Bryant, he won the rookie of the year that year. But it doesn't count. 
he's absolutely getting screwed. And Mookie Betts wants to get to free agency to set a precedent precedent for players like him. He wants to get paid the most. And he should have been a free agent years ago. He should have got paid when he deserved it. But now a lot of guys will miss out on an opportunity. And players in the minor leagues get trapped for years. And it's just we're going to be heading towards a lockout sooner than later. Yeah, and another great example of this is Dustin Pedroia, who at the time the Red Sox gave him the contract, everybody would have gave him that contract. Everybody loves Dustin Pedroia. He was the heart and soul of the Red Sox for so many years. MVP award winner, Rookie of the Year, World Series champion. Everybody loved Dustin Pedroia. He was the identity for the Red Sox with David Ortiz. It was him and Ortiz. Those two guys were the faces of the Red Sox. But now, as we get years down the road, years into that contract, way after they signed it, He's not worth it anymore. Nobody still wants to be paying Dustin Pedroia $20 million plus, however much he's making on that deal, but he's still on the books, and he's not coming off, and that's a problem here. There needs to be a limit set to these contracts. That's the only way to fix this, and players should be able to hit free agency before they hit, they're at arguably the tail end of their prime. Chris Bryant shouldn't be hitting free agency when he's turning 30. That is ridiculous. So, I mean, players should be able to hit free agency at 24, 25 years old. Teams shouldn't be able to control, oh, okay, so he doesn't really, the clock doesn't really start till we get him in the majors. So let's leave him in the minors for a little bit longer, and we can control when this guy actually hits free agency. That's ridiculous. I, I, I'm, I, it's absurd when you really think about it. The teams have that type of control over the futures of their players. So uh, th- that should not be a thing that, that is implemented in the MLB. We should see change there. Like I said, I just have no faith that we will. Uh, let's move on to the Red Sox and their 2020 season. What do you see playing out in the 2020 season? How do you like the team? Uh, let's go Sands, David Price, Sands, Mookie Best. We're going to assume this trade goes through. What are you expecting from the team this season without those guys? It looks like an 84-78 and 78 type of team. That's if Nathan Eovaldi stays healthy. That's if Chris Sale can stay healthy. And then you got Erod, who's kind of is an uncertain. Is he going to go twenty and five? Is he going to go three and thirteen? Is he going to miss half the season? We don't have much of a bullpen. Our offense, our offense is going to be good. We're going to have JD Martinez, have Devers, Bogarts, Verdugo. If that deal stays, Christian Vasquez. You got uh, Bobby Dahlbeck coming up possibly from AAA at some point this season. Chavis. You got a lot of pieces there in our offense. But with Alex Corrigan, you got a new GM in town. I think things might spiral a little bit. The Yankees are going to be stacked. The Astros are going to be stacked. The Dodgers most likely make it to the World Series. So even if we make it to, we're not going to make it to the playoffs most likely. It's going to be a really weird season. I don't know where it's going to go. It's it's probably going to be one of the weirdest seasons in our lifetime. Because two years ago, we were the best team in baseball history. Two years later, we don't have Alex Cora. We don't have Mookie Betts. We've lost so many pieces. I have honestly no idea what to think about this. Yeah, and I would generally agree with everything you said there. The only thing I would say is, I don't think fans should give the Red Sox a pass on the season and say, well, we don't expect you to do anything. The expectation, the goal for the Red Sox should still be to make the playoffs because they are still really talented. And their pitching is questionable. That's the part that gives me the most pause. It's hard to look at that pitching and have any trust in the team and have any faith that they can really make a a run at the postseason. But the AL is still weak enough, and their lineup is still good enough that they should still be able to compete. And and you said they're still over 500 there. That's, uh, you know, that's a reasonable expectation. Still a reasonably good team. And, you know, I I think that overall, if your pitching is not great, your offense can lead you to that type of record. But when you still have the fifth highest payroll in baseball, when you still have two all-stars in Martinez and Bogarts, two guys that came on the 
brink of making the All-Star team. Andrew Benatendi in 2017, or Andrew Benatendi in 2018, I'm sorry, and Raphael Devers in 2019. Two guys that were right there on the brink of making the team. When you have players that talented, and when you have Chris Sale paying him 25 plus million uh, a season, you need to make the playoffs. You still should make the playoffs with that kind of talent on your roster. Whether they can stay healthy is another question, but the goal set for the team this season, I, you know, expect them to do what you want, I guess, but the goal should still be to make the postseason. You can't give the Red Sox a pass. You can't say, well, you got rid of Mookie Betts, so we don't want you to make the postseason. You just have whatever season you're going to have. The goal for this team should still be to make the postseason. They're in turmoil. It's going to be tough. They don't have a manager right now, so it's going to, it's, I mean, they're going to have to pull themselves up, uh, you know, off the dirt, get, pick themselves up, dust themselves off and get back to it because this team is still talented enough to make a real run at the playoffs. I don't know if they can compete with teams like the Astros and the Yankees, but who knows, you know, now that teams aren't stealing signs anymore and it's all fair, you know, let's play baseball, then maybe things will, you know, be a little more even than you think. Maybe the Astros won't be the juggernaut they used to be. Maybe the Yankees won't be. I know that they weren't roped into the sign stealing thing, but who knows? I mean, everybody knows everybody across baseball stole signs. So if they're really cracking down on it, then, you know, it's going to be adjustment period for all of these teams that used to do it. So, you know, I, I really think that this season shouldn't, the expectation shouldn't be for the Red Sox to go in the tank or even have an average season. The, the goal for them is still make the playoffs. You're good enough to do that. I, I just think there's a few more uh, contending teams this year where the White Sox had a, a massive offseason. There was rumors of them today acquiring Nolan Arenado, but that did not happen. But regardless, they have a better team. I think the Tampa Bay Rays are still going to be a good team. The Blue Jays have, you got Biggio, Bichette, Guerrero. They got a young core offense there that's going to destroy pitching, probably our pitching. I just think there's a lot of good teams in the American League this year, and I think it's going to be really hard for us to make it. Even with our offense being that good, we're going to lose a lot of 11 to 10 games, 15 to 14 games. It's going to be really tough. I don't expect them to win a lot. I expect them to be an average team. But trading Mookie Betts, they still weren't going to win the World Series with Mookie Betts. I'll say that. I feel like the disappointment of the Mookie Betts trade and kind of the shadow, the darkness hanging over this team with this Alex Cora situation and that scandal, I feel like it's kind of overshadowing how good the team still is. So I think a lot of fans are disappointed and they're preparing for a tumultuous season and I would still hold out hope that maybe you're not going to get such a tumultuous season. Maybe that talent can shine through, and maybe the team will be better than everybody's thinking. I know, I know, the hopes are low right now, and morale is low because everybody's upset with the with the state of the team. But I wouldn't give up on the season just yet. I, th- I think this team's still good enough to have a really good year. Um, let's talk about the manager situation for a second. Right now, the, there are rumors that they've they had some other interviews lined up. Some other people are saying that Renicki's the guy. Ron Renicki's going to be hired the bench coach from last season. I mean, it, it, you know, he's a he's an absolute shoe in for the spot. There's nobody else that's a, you know they're doing all these other, other interviews. Their formalities. Renicki's going to be hired. What are your what's your read on the situation right now? Do you think Renicki's the guy? Do you think they should hire Renicki, or do you think they should go elsewhere? I mean, it, it looks like with a rumor of Ron Renicki being the manager that nothing is going to come out of this investigation because I think if there was. A big punishment coming down from the 2018 Boston Red Sox. Ron Renneke probably would have been involved in that, and he probably would have been fired. So I think that's great news that it looks like he is going to become the next manager of the Boston Red Sox. He's been around these guys for the last couple of years. I think he's a great. I think he's a great guy for the job. He was. He coached the Milwaukee Brewers to a NLCS appearance in his first year in Milwaukee in 2011. I think he can do a great job here. 
And I don't think we would have wanted a guy like a Jason Veritek. He wouldn't have had the same impact as Alex Cora. Or there was rumors of Craig Breslow or Mark Kotze. I don't, we don't want that. Ron Renneke's the right guy. I think Heim Balloon made the, the right call here. I know he's been very busy since he's been here. He's probably going to lose all his hair. But I think Ron Renneke is the, is the correct move. I think there's trust there in the clubhouse, hopefully. And I think he'll do the best job. I mean, so does it concern you at all that Renneke used to manage the Brewers, and now you've seen the Brewers since they moved away from Renneke, they've really improved. They've become one of the best teams in the National League. Does that concern you at all, that Renneke was kind of, you know, on a smaller scale to the Brewers what John Farrell was a little bit to the Red Sox? I think that's all Christian Yellick. He makes a huge impact. All right, fair enough. Renneke, I will say, he has he did have some good years with the Brewers, 96 and 66 in 2011, 83 79 in 2012, 82 and 80 in 2014. So those last two I mentioned, not you know not ex- so great, but the, you know above 500 with the Brewers team that you know n- not a huge market there. Uh, he was under 500 in 2013, 74 and 88, and then when he was fired, the team was only seven and 18 in 2015. So he, I mean he you know he he wasn't doing off to a great start that season, but overall he saw a winning record as the Brewers manager. So. Uh, I would say hopefully, you're right, hopefully he'll be able to continue that success with the Red Sox and, you know, be able to pick up right where Alex Cora left off and, you know, keep this team on a winning pace. But I don't know, I still I still have some questions about Renneke. It's still, I mean, someone outside of the organization, I mean, everybody loves uh, the, with the Diamondbacks manager that left the Red Sox, Tori Lovello, is that what his name is? Yeah, yeah. Everybody loved him. He was a guy that a lot of people wanted to see take over his manager, when John Farrell, you know, that he, there was that year that they kept John Farrell. Everybody said you should fire him and and uh, get Lavello in there. So I mean, you know, it's it's kind of unfortunate that they, you know, couldn't have gone forward with that and that he wasn't an option. Uh, but you know, hopefully Renneke can be around the same mold of hey, this is a bench coach that was on your roster that a lot of people seem to like, and you know, if he can take over Faust Coring and and continue whatever mojo he had going outside of the the cheating stuff, if that was really going on, then. You know, I guess, you know, there's no reason to kind of, you know, think that wouldn't work. I mean, Renneke was around Cora. He was around the team. He saw what Cora did. He knew how to mesh with the guys. He knew, you know, he if he can kind of take uh, Alex Cora's lead there as far as, you know, getting the most out of his players, then I think, you know, there, there should be some hope there that maybe that can, you know, the Red Sox can continue their winning ways with him as manager. And it could very well just be a, you know, one and done to have him in here for the year because hiring a manager so late in the close to spring training they probably just didn't want to throw out the web as far with all the candidates so maybe it's a one-year thing maybe it blows the doors off the place and he's a great manager and they keep him back they keep him around for a couple years but he is up there in age so we'll see how it works out all right sean i'm sure we'll talk to you again as baseball season gets closer to starting uh you know it's it's a really tumultuous situation for the red sox right now but we'll see where we're at the end of march we'll see where we're at as the season prepares to open up, but thank you for coming on and talking the Moogie Betts trade with us uh, as we prepare to head into spring training. Thanks for having me on, and hopefully this means my job is safe. All right, guys, be sure to follow Sean on Twitter at Palmer Guy Boston. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at KJLGBS. Follow the podcast for Apple Smart Pod. Check out everything over at Guy Boston Sports. Gonna have a few Red Sox articles, as I said, coming out in the coming days. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, and that's gonna do it for this episode of the podcast, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week.